0: No. <laughs> Always be I don't. never grow up. <clears throat> never grow up. Ginger's never grown up and I'm I've tried, but I just refuse to anymore. I can't do it. Just can't do it. Can't do no, just can't do it. Oh. <clears throat> if you are wondering, we will be here next Sunday morning. You can wear your pajamas, do whatever you want to do, but we're not going to use Jesus' birthday as an excuse to not celebrate Jesus' birthday. That's, churches, that, we're going to be taking communion. If any babies need to be dedicated, what better day to do it? Just contact Ginger if you have any children that need to be dedicated. We're not Christians of convenience, we are hardcore Christians. We don't, we, don't, we don't not have church on Christmas because it's not about family. It's about the family of God, and this is God's house. That's where I'm going to be on Christmas morning. Amen? Okay. Gotta, I, I had a short message because I thought the program was going to be longer. So, I'll just sit here and look at me for about 20 minutes. No. Why am I wearing pink today? Everybody, I know people ask me who' a pink shirt because I'm be talking about Mary uh, okay. yeah, yeah, if I was talking about Jesus, it'd be royal purple or Dodger Blue, maybe <laughs> All right, here we go as Christians living in this world today as it, General rule of thumb: We live in the moment. In the moment, that's what—that's the way we live. We're not living for something in the past. We're not living for something in the future. We live in where we're at, we're living in the moment. But what I'm, where I'm going to go with this is, um, we take what God says. If God speaks to you and tells you something. You think everything's going to be great. No problems. The blessing of God is going to come upon you and overtake you. In every single area of your life. God gave me a promise. And nothing's going to go wrong. It's going to be God's will in my life. That's living in the moment. But that's not the way it always is, is it? God gives you a vision and you work towards that goal, that vision that God has given to you. And you think that the devil is going to sit back and say, okay, go ahead. I'll just step right out of the way and you can just do your thing. I'm all for God's will. I'll get out of the way. Jesus said something totally opposite to that. He said, if they persecute me, they're going to persecute you too. Crisis is common to life. There's going to be bad things that happen. But that cannot distract you, because that's all it's meant to do is to distract. It, you can't let it distract you from the vision and the Word of God and where you're going, where you're, your life's work. That's what people don't understand. I mean, I may be a pastor, but this church, PGIM... Uh, Generation house, they're a life's work, something that's going to stay, fruit that remains after I am gone. And I could be gone tomorrow, who knows? Whatever it would be, it'd still be a promotion to me, in my mind. The minute you breathe your last breath on this earth, it's total euphoria forever. It's a no-lose for Christians, but we're scared to stand up because we're going to get hurt. We're going to get, something's going to happen, you know. But think back to what Jesus told Mary. You're going to have the Son of God. You're going to be the Son of God's mother. All of these accolades are going to follow you. And they do. And in in, in some denominations, they go way too far, don't don't they? But in some denominational churches, they discredit Mary because the other denominations are lifting her up higher than she should be lifted. So they go to the other extreme, and they don't give that woman a whole lot of credit. God could have chose any way of... Any way in the world to get his son into this earth, he just chose Mary and Joseph. He chose them. He could have got Jesus here any way he could. Any way, any, any way possible. Jesus could have been here without having to be born of a woman. God chose that plus God chose that woman and that man to take care of his child what greater honor is there when God says I trust you too to raise my son that's amazing isn't it I trust you to raise my son in the way of the Lord in the way he should go I trust you to protect him. I trust you to take care of him. I trust you to, to do all the things that need to be done to make the Son of God the man of God. Because he came in the form of a child. He had to be taught, just like all of these children that were around Earth. he had to be taught things of this world, but he was not of this world. So it was probably a little more difficult for him than it was for a lot of people. Because he lived forever before he ever came here. Have you ever thought about that? He left heaven to come to this cesspool. Why? To deliver us. Because we would not have not known anything about it. It's funny to me that in, in, in Genesis, the 15th chapter, in other words, the book of beginnings... Early, early, early in the history of man, there was a covenant between God, Jesus, and Abraham was the holder of that covenant. To get Jesus into the earth. It's called the New Covenant. And when he did that, it was thousands of years before it ever came to pass. And every generation that came, the generation of the Israelites, every generation that came, there was a prophecy about the coming Messiah. In every generation. There was over 200 prophecies that Jesus had to fulfill just to make sure that everything was done right. There was a tremendous responsibility placed upon the the... the, the The mother and the stepfather. It's amazing to me. Why did he choose Mary and Joseph? I got a better question. How many Mary and Josephs were there before before Mary and Joseph? Because they had to fight a battle. These guys were teenagers, they weren't in their 20s, they were young people. People got married at 12, 13, 14 years old back then. Mary was a very, very young mother. But why did he choose them? Because hormones are hormones. I don't think that's changed in the last 2,000 years. But these, this couple had to win the battle of sexual purity before they could ever be considered to raise Jesus. Plus, they had to be devout in their beliefs. How many, how, many, how many Mary and Joseph were this far from being the originals? You see, let me tell you what. Everything that you struggle with determines what God puts in your path. What you can overcome, God's going to put people in your path to teach them how to overcome what happens. That's why crisis is coming to life. It's for your education. I know this isn't a Christmas message, but this isn't Christmas. It's the week before Christmas. But we're still going to stay right around in here. When we get a word from God not all of us, but some of us, believe that everything's going to be good, everything's going to be great, there's not going to be any problems, that God has made a way. And it's an easy way. Let me tell you something. It's a lot easier going to hell than it is to go to heaven. It's a, I mean, it's a struggle to be a Christian in a world that hates Christ. And they do. Most most of the world hates Jesus. I mean, you watch any television show. None of them. They, they, they make fun of it. They make fun of Christianity. They make fun of Jesus. Yeah, like there's a God. <laughs> really. I was watching a TV show the other night, and there was a big fire in the... In the in, uh, this lady asked this, this, this teenager, she said, uh said, well, How are we going to get that fire put out? And he said, God will do it. That's all he said. She said, What? It's the stupidest thing I ever heard. There's no God. This is just a reaction. And it, it, it. He said, she said, uh, How do you think God is going to put out this fire? He said, Rain. Just like I said, God brings the rain. It's just the stupidest thing I've ever heard. That's common in television. They're, they're weeding out, weeding out, weeding out. Every year, the world gets further away from God, and that's not the way God intended it to be. That's why you're here. We can't take Christianity and, and hoard it for ourselves. If we do, we're, uh, we're not doing it the right way. Okay, here we go. If I had to name this <laughs> If I had to name this message, it would be What God Didn't Tell Mary. You get, your, okay, not yet. He came to her and he said, "You're going to carry God's child." How? Greg touched on it earlier. I've not known a man. So, how is this going to happen? Holy Spirit's going to come, up, come upon you, overtake you, and then you're going to conceive a child, and his name will be Jesus. And he's the Savior of the world. He's going to take away the sins of the world. And can you imagine being a teenage girl? And the angel of the Lord appears to you and says, Hey, don't get, just don't get scared. It's okay. I'm just going here to tell you what's going to happen. The thing is, he didn't tell her everything that was going to happen. He told her the important things. You're going to bear a child. His name will be Jesus. He'll take away the sins of the world. He's the Savior, the Son of the living God. He's this, he's that. And so Mary said, be it according to your will. And she got excited about it. She got so excited about it. She wrote a song. Did you know that? Ginger, come up here. This is Mary's song that she sang after. Actually, she was with John the Baptist's mother, her, her first cousin, when she sang this song. And if you, if you remember, when she told that John the Baptist's mother that she was going to have what was going on, that John the Baptist leapt in the womb. And she stayed there about three months with her, with her cousin. And she sang this song because she was so excited about what was going to happen. And this is that song. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. One second. It have? My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit is rejoiced in God my Savior. For behold, henceforth all generations, this is her singing about herself, henceforth all generations will call me blessed talking about excited. This is a kid who's pregnant with the Son of God. Okay? And she's singing. She's so excited about it. All of generations till the end of time are going to call me blessed because I got to carry God's child. Let me tell you some stuff that the angel of the Lord didn't tell Mary. She was excited. She was a kid, a teenager. She was so excited. She didn't really understand everything that was going to happen. What she didn't know was she was going to take a 90-mile donkey ride while she was nine months pregnant. You see, when God gives you an assignment, when God gives you something, the devil is immediately there to take it from you. It's in his job description. Steal, steal, Kill, destroy. That's his job. And he's pretty good at it. If you let him be. Can you imagine riding a donkey 90 miles? I've rode donkeys. It ain't no fun, it ain't comfortable but to be nine months pregnant and ride one for 90 miles? How did she make it all the way there? That's just nuts to me. But you see, when God gives you an assignment, He gives you a task that you've got to work hard to overcome. There's going to be things in the way of God's plan. It's not like, I'll give you an example. If this is God's plan, it's going to be easy, right? No. But over here, I've got you know, 50, 60 people here that, that would get in the way of God's plan and have to go around and or just bulldoze it, right? So when God gives you something, he doesn't always tell you everything is going to happen. He gives you the end result of where you're headed. And you work towards that with everything in you. That's called Christianity. That's what it is. He didn't tell Mary that there would be an evil king who hired assassins to kill that child. Think about that. A king hiring assassins to kill babies. That's nuts. But you know what? She was still carrying God's child and she had to do everything within her power to keep that from happening. Was she going to have some help from God? Absolutely. But she was on this earth carrying that child and she had to protect that child. Mm. The angel of the Lord didn't tell her that When she left her home that day, she would leave for the next 12 years. Never to return to her home, to her family, to her friends, to anybody. Her whole community, she'd never see them for 12 years. Well, how do you get that, Paul? Well, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, city of David, actually, that's there's a genealogy of Joseph. In Matthew, and there's a genealogy of Mary in Luke. Both of them for the same line. You could trace them all the way back through King David, all the way to Adam. It's all in there. Said that the Christ would be born from the line of David. Mm -hmm. Both of them were. They had a double dose of that David anointing. So when the child was born, the assassins were sent. They were looking for Jesus, and they fled to Egypt. The worst place they could have ever chosen to go. Bitter enemies. Who held the Israelites in captivity for 400 years? Egypt. They never got along. They still hate each other. It's never going to change. They hate each other. Mary, left the, Mary, a teenage girl, and Joseph left their home, and they had to move to Egypt, their bitter enemies, and live and raise that child in the way that he should go without having tabernacles or, or anything, because Egypt didn't have that. They had to teach their child. We should take a lesson from this. If you're expecting us to teach your child everything about Jesus, you're sadly mistaken. You're not going to get that two days a week. Three hours hours a week, let's say. That's not enough. That's the parent's responsibility. It's my responsibility to feed you. It's your responsibility to feed your children. So... They have to move leave home he didn't have his tools with him it didn't say he didn't have they didn't have furniture because it came on a donkey they didn't have they didn't have a house they didn't have any money and then <laughs> Joseph forgot to get on Expedia and make a reservation <laughs> so they go to Hotel to hotel to hotel, sorry, booked up, sorry, booked up. They find a barn. The most sanitary place to ever have a baby is in a barn. Smelt like, you know what? I mean, there's cows, there's donkeys, there's horses, there's all kind of livestock, chickens running around. You know, the little, little um, um, what's it called? the the, um, the Nativity, Nativity scene. It ain't nothing like that. There was, there was, there was a um, uh, animal feces all around that place. You know, horses and donkeys and cows are not housebroken. <laughs> Nasty, stinky place. Can you imagine if there was ever any doubt in Mary's mind? Are you sure, Bishop? God, did I dream that? I mean, I'm supposed to be carrying. The king of kings, the lord of lords, and I had to ride a donkey for 90 miles, leave my family, leave my home broke, and have this king of kings and lord of lords thing in a barn. See, sometimes you don't always get what God's best is. That was God's best. He wanted to take him from the lowest point to the highest point. He didn't want him to start with any what yeah, what'd you say silver spoon in his mouth no he didn't want him. he wanted him to go from the bottom and rise to the top, defeat Satan, and then be he God knew everything that was going to happen. he just didn't tell Mary and Joseph everything he just didn't do it like that he said. You're going to carry the Son of God. Amen, glory, hallelujah. See you next week. What else? What he didn't tell her, you're going to watch that child grow up and grow into a man and be tortured and beaten and crucified in the most brutal way that they knew in that day, and you're going to have to watch all of it. Do you think if it had told her everything that she was going to go through, she would have agreed to it? I would hope she would. But you know what? If it'd been me, I said, yeah, "Sure, I don't think I'm qualified for this. I just don't. I just don't get it." But see. God's will is the greatest thing you can be in the middle of, but it doesn't mean problems will not arise. They are going to arise, and you're there to knock them down. That's why why your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost. He's within you, and you've got the authority, you've got the power to stop those things. So, what happened? They're broke, they're homeless. They're being chased by assassins. What are we going to do? Well, then, then God said, all right. Now that you've seen the worst, I'm going to show you. I'm going to take care of the assassins for you. Because I've got some men that are very, very wise. They're going to go to King Herod and they're going to say, hey, we're going to see the, 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 the Savior that's born. Oh, yes, and tell him to come back. Bring him, bring him back here so that we can celebrate the bar. He was planning on killing them. And the men were wise enough to know what he was planning. And so the, after they went and saw Jesus, they left. They didn't go back to see the king. Are y'all following me? That's the reason they're called wise men, not stupid men. They knew what was going on. They knew what was being planned. They knew what King Herod was trying to do. But they, But they hid... Jesus from the assassins. Then they didn't have any money. They were going to have to move to a different land, a foreign land. And they had no money. Uh, Joseph was a carpenter by trade and he didn't have any tools. They didn't have a house. They didn't have clothes. All they had was what they could have carried on the donkey with a nine-month pregnant woman. Not much. So what happened then? He got kings and wealthy men to come and and bring gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And those are the most valuable things on the earth at that time. They may have came in to Bethlehem, broke, buddy, but when they left, they were loaded. They had enough to last uh, 12 years in a foreign land. See, that's part of God's plan. But see, we don't really know what God's plan is because when we get knocked down or our situation changes and the circumstance changes, we kind of fall by the wayside. Well, that pastor, he don't like me. He don't come see me. He don't do this. Go see him. Tell him. People leave, leave churches for... Little reasons. And they get out of the will of God when they should just take the the example of a teenage, pregnant girl who knew how to to fight better than most men. Mm. Be it according to your will. Be it according to your will. You know, the funny thing about it is they were right in the center of God's plan. And that's when the devil came against them the most. Is this, am I, is, am I breaching to anybody at all, man? You can be in the middle of God's will and bad things are going to happen. Jesus was always in the will of God. And he was persecuted more than anybody on the planet. We think that we, we get saved, we get blessed, we get the prosperity message. and Everything great. I'm never going to get a cold again. I'm never going to... No, that stuff happens. Why? Because you live in a human body. The Holy Ghost is inside of us if we're saved. But... Bad things happen to good people. You ever heard that? That's Mary and Joseph. That's who it is. I got taken out by my pulpit. <laughs> if God's told you something, hold on to it because the devil will stop at nothing to steal it, kill it, or destroy it. It's right. his job description. Hold, things, hold tight. What does it say? Hold tight to the things of God. Lay hold on salvation. Yes, yes. Those that endure to the end will be saved. Why aren't all of these scriptures in there? Because they're telling you, bad things are going to happen, but you're bigger. God's bigger. We can get through this. You're in a human body. Things are going to happen that don't go your way. But that doesn't mean you're not in the will of God. There's a message that started about 100 years ago that if you're in the will of God, nothing's going to stop you everything's hunky-dory, everything's okie-dokie, rainbows and unicorns and all that stuff. It's not true. When you're in the will of God, that's when the devil comes to get you the hardest. Get used to it. That's the way it is. If you're not doing anything for God, the devil isn't going to try to stop you from anything. But if you're trying to do something great for the kingdom of God, he's coming after you. You've got a target on your head. You hear me? Don't, get, don't lose faith Because things are coming against you. That's why it says we welcome the trials and tribulations. In our weakness, he gives us strength. Why do you think all those are in there? Because when you're in the middle of what God's doing, the devil's after you the hardest. Are y'all getting this? Oh, I said I was. Did somebody just move that clock up or something? Ooh, I've got to get out of this thing. Hmm. Last thing. What we need to do is this: we need to look at the life of a teenage pregnant girl and look at the way that she took life. She never left Jesus till he till the day he died, and even then she was at the tomb. Bad things happen to good people from time to time. But God can get you through every single one of them. Stand on your feet, and Father, we come to you. Tonight.